0: Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season five, episode nine, The Useless Hand. Aaron, hey, how are you feeling about this episode?
1: I, I think I've learned to stop worrying and love the Fargo. I I, I really I, I've, I've been on a roll of liking the episodes. I really like this episode. This is the first time where like some of the humor, the poking fun at Roy like really got to me. Um, like when they cut from Roy saying they're going to find these Huns are going to find out what it means when Patriots sing the song of victory whatever and it smash cuts to all of the Patriots arriving to the YMCA, YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually got a belly laugh out of me the way a lot of the nipple rings and Herder he's got a uh, you know sexual fixation with his uh, you know wife and handcuffing liberals and shit like that I'm not sure why that attempts at lampooning haven't landed as well. But they they did all landed this year. Maybe it's because it's clear that he's going to get his this uh you know everything's kind of arrayed against him. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I really liked it. Um a, a good effective uh, whiteout snow conditions in Fargo again. Uh I they, they finally made me feel kind of sorry for Gator. Uh Mhm. Uh, old Munch ate and left no crumbs i think is what the kids say uh okay with a name like munch you 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 kind of expect it uh what do you think coming coming Uh, back from your coming back from your illness welcome back by the way oh thank you thank you yeah it's good to be back
0: um boy it was not fun. I, I was not able to watch Fargo while I was sick. I had to wait until after I recovered a little bit because woo, it was rough.
1: Um, yeah, what do you think? Because you, you, this is your. You, you, um, there's three episodes that you kind of are going into. What What did you make of this uh, trio? Um, I really enjoyed the. It, it was
0: episode seven. Yeah, I think it was episode seven. It's the puppety one. Uh huh. I, I I found myself really like. I, I was totally uncertain about it at first sure yeah uh, while well, i was watching it and then we get to th- the puppet show and i'm like okay okay this is cool this is working for me but then they did the thing you know they did the thing right they where they the say hey all of this was just in her head uh and she wakes up in front of the pancakes again and i'm like oh god oh mm-hmm. god but i i don't know i found myself enjoying that ride at some point point. Um, but someone does need to tell Holly, look, you just can't do this. This is illegal. This is illegal storytelling <laughs> this is, at this point.
1: It's 2024, man. We're we're sitting yeah. here watching the show. You can't, you can't, you can't pull that with us. That was 2023, though. So last, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah that was the last year he got in under the wire. The uh, it's just a dream expired. Actually, December mm-hmm. twenty, uh, December thirty uh, first, two
0: thousand twenty three. And then I I think, well, I'm a little puzzled by what it all meant uh, for Dot but I I think I'm getting to it with this episode. I think I'm understanding a little bit more, but it's kind of everything he's doing, I guess with dot seems to be a little confusing to me. Um, Mm. specifically the dot Lorraine stuff. I'm not certain what I'm supposed to understand about that relationship after this episode. It's different to what I thought it was. Um, I, I never felt like Dot was seeking any kind of approval from Lorraine at all, and yet here we are in an episode where she tears up hearing her call her daughter for the first time. And I'm like, that comes out of nowhere for me. Nowhere.
1: Because uh, I it thought they come were out of huge antagonists. For, it might come out of nowhere for Dot, too, you know? It's possible, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about it when we get there, but... Uh, I found myself really enjoying just kind of the ride of Fargo over the last couple of episodes and I I don't know if I'm just like a little out of step with the bigger things that this show is doing and so when I can step out of the sort of critic role and just enjoy the show it becomes more enjoyable for me um, or what but I found myself not quite enjoying this episode as much
1: Hmm.
0: it's probably because I'm looking through it at, at it through a certain lens um but there were definitely moments. Um, for me, the YMCA thing was interesting. Was it. So, so I'm also a little confused on. Because I watched these things like back to back to back. Um, I'm a little confused on what happened in what episode. Was this the episode with the Wonder where John Hamm walks to the barn? No, that I thought, was the previous episode. Okay. I really enjoyed that one. Um, that shot was very good. Yeah, that was impressive. Uh,. This episode, yeah, I, I mean the the stuff with Danish, that the you know happened last episode. I thought it made a lot of sense um, to me, and I really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, but yeah, incredible I, I, flourish for his character too. I thought I, I do, I do wish they had given us more of that. Like you, you know, you talk about the the election stuff and how they're really kind of sticking it to Roy in these episodes. I, I wish there was more of that. I I wish there w- I wish we had seen Danish almost as I was getting like Better Call Saul kind of vibes throughout that whole yeah. um, sequence. And it I was really really enjoying it. And I thought like if Danish is going to go out this episode, I wish this was the plan that didn't work. And it is the plan that doesn't work, but it's the first plan. And I wish the I wish we had seen more of him succeeding and and why he's like this smooth operator. Like hmm. you don't want to see jimmy fail on his first uh heist or his first con right right you want to see right. him succeed and and see why he's really kind of a shit and i want to see danish graves do these horrible things and succeed and get away with them, and then have him go one step too far have him step into the ring with the wrong person and get get his
1: but like yeah it'd be like th- if but Tuco he gets his murdered. immediately <laughs> tuco murders jimmy in the first episode of better call saul like he has like he he, (laughs) right he gets one over on tuco he just shows up blows him away well fuck you you know (laughs) yeah it's like well the danish the danish grave show ended as it just got started
0: right right and i do wish we had seen earlier in the season him wielding his powers a little more successfully Um, yeah and and as entertainingly because like we do see him you know making phone calls and he's clearly doing things behind the scenes but sure it's not entertaining. It's just yeah. it is what it is. Uh, this was really entertaining.
1: I mean that yeah. that scene with the multiple roys <laughs> was fantastic, and him busting out of that door, the double doors with the the kind of Mister Wrench and numbers soundtrack was was pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then you know like i said this episode is it's much more I was gonna say, what, right yeah what about this episode kind of was a downshift from the previous two in your estimation
0: well it's all pretty much taking place in this one location um oh. and it's it's doing things that are a little more thematic um and i don't know that i'm always picking up what this show is putting down this mm. season um like i said there were some unexpected turns with characters that uh surprised me in the moment and i still am not totally sure how i feel about them but okay uh yeah it 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 was it was just a lot murkier i guess than the last couple of episodes
1: certainly Next in film- kill terms because like i said the whiteout conditions uh-huh. was yeah. made things very murky indeed
0: absolutely yeah um so i don't know i, I will we'll talk about it as we kind of get to these things but yeah I, I was not feeling it as much as the last two episodes could be like i said because i had to put my
1: critic hat back on and start mm. really thinking about them instead of enjoying them it is easier to love things you don't have to watch two or three times and talk for a couple hours about you know absolutely it is, yeah. it's a lot easier just uncritically love things let, let sure. the
0: let the kind of shaky things go and really yeah. just settle into the things that are working and not have
1: to think is this working just feel. Yeah.
0: is it is it working yeah it is
1: yeah yeah i i it it is tough sometimes
0: anyway um maybe we should just get into it and start talking about the episode let's do it you're listening to fargo with bald move we'll be right back
1: here's what's new and premium content for our club members
0: No lunch this week, as I'll be traveling on vacation. But get ready for next week when we have the rare, elusive, dare I say, premium lunch with Talitha
1: and Aaron. And while you're waiting for the return of the king, don't forget May is the time to switch your Patreon tiers to make sure you maintain your full benefits by June. Stop by support.ballmove.com to check your Patreon levels to see the new benefits and decide which one is right for you.
0: And finally, tickets are now on sale for Badass Fest 6. Come meet us live and in person. Watch a mystery badass film with us and then hear us record the podcast right there in front of you in a theater packed with Bald Move fans. Get your details and your tickets at baldmove.com slash live.
1: If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com right now to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content plus ad free feeds.
0: Welcome back to Fargo on Bald Move. All right, we start off with uh, old Munch. He's got Gator out on a lake in an ice fishing shack. And Gator's bargaining for his freedom with Munch, but Munch is only interested in plucking out his eyes as payment for the old woman's life. I love Gator's conception of what a man could possibly want. In exchange for his freedom. <laughs> He's yeah. like, do you want drugs? I keep you high for 10 years. I got a CVS in the back. Uh, evidence
1: room. Do you want guns? Do you want armor? You want titties? I got I got everything a man needs. Yeah. And it's like, remind. yeah, I mean, it's this guy who it's a guy who thinks he understands the world and how things works and his his place in it and you know there's old bunch there to rec- to, to remind him you have no fucking clue
0: there, there are th- yeah there there are things that people could desire and motivations that are beyond anything you've ever considered because or, or your like life experience bedrock, is so narrow
1: bedrock principles uh-huh. Like the Tillmans don't have those. They talk about them, but Roy would sacrifice any number one of his his friends, his principals, uh, to further his own interests. They are just things that they say to justify the actions that they want to do. And uh, here's a guy. Here is like you know, old Bunch is Like I think, literally, kind of a force of nature. Um, like the embodiment of of, of justice. And balancing the scales, and uh mm-hmm. he's offended he's offended bunch like he's i i and i love I love the way he talks like Jack and Hagar that whole you know an old woman watches young men play a game, and uh a rabbit screams because it doesn't because it's caught and it knows only what it wants that it wants to live. I love that like stilted delivery that he has it's mm-hmm. it's it brings it's very otherworldly to yeah to the whole, yeah and i do wonder if they're ever going to i i, I kind of at this point kind of hope they let the mystery be like is old Munch a long line a lo- uh, the the last ascendant of a long line of munchers is he literally a 500 year old welshman that eats sins is he supernatural is dot super i, I kind of the more the season has gone on with one episode ago i i kind of hope they just let that kind of be weird Fargo. I feel weird. like they're going
0: to. I, I think we've seen the last of Munch. Munch walks off yeah. into the mist here. I think
1: that's it. That's all we've got for him. It'd be interesting they argue the utility of like showing, because like usually Fargo and the supernatural stuff comes out as late in the season, and you kind of have a good idea of how you feel about the season. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what Holly's doing. He's like, hey, I've been doing this for five seasons now uh i hit him with a vengeful ghost last season uh i can do whatever i want you know if people are still watching the show they're going to be um and that that might be the smart play you know because again like if i'm watching this as a fan and not as a podcaster who's like it's like reading a book and every chapter you stop and discuss whether the book sucks or not you know uh yeah yeah whereas if you Even get in to the chapters, chapters that are set up and and uh, right. bridges to other things yeah right right nothing's happening because it's not the climax yet um, I, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know that that's a bad call, but I understand why we got, you know, like, oh my God, what is this going to, because like, if they're hitting us this early, is this just going to be all a bunch of things that go bump in the night? Um, we were supposed to have a fun, funny, nope. um, Fargo, uh, raising Arizona, home alone styles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, it, but it was neither of those things, right? He didn't go super far in that supernatural direction, but also...
1: It was not the romp I was promised. Yeah. So um, now that uh, I I see kind of the shape of the season, I'm I'm appreciate And I I do think that Munch is a really great character. Mm -hmm. Um, He's uh, he's, he's, he's another one of these unforgettable. You know, you throw him right up with uh, Billy Bob Thornton's uh, Lauren Malvo. You throw him up with um, uh, David Thulis's. What was that guy's Varga? Yeah. VM Varga. I mean, Fargo of nothing else has given us extraordinarily memorable villains, like Absolutely. archetypal, Jungian villains. <laughs> mhm.
0: Uh I was wondering how likely you are to have your eyes plucked out and survive. Pretty it feels like, I think you're it pretty likely. Like pretty, yeah. Especially if it's a hot knife that's cauterizing yeah. those uh eye
1: veins. <laughs> Plus, I think your eyeballs are kind of like a self-contained unit, you know. Like, uh huh. There's not a lot of. In fact, I I read something um a couple of months ago that in and I, I didn't because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's an interesting fact, and I I didn't care enough about it to to look at it. But they someone said that like your immune system, if it ever finds out about your eyes, destroys them instantly. Like something about <sighs> your your eyes are like a foreign cell or something i don't know but uh yeah. it seems like that's it's, it's just just from right. it it seems like cutting out people's tongues and gouging out their eyes was pretty common non-lethal punishments back in the old days so yeah anything um, you can get away with in the
0: 1400s yeah <laughs> medically i think yeah. we're cool uh to do
1: it on an ice lake here I do think it's it's interesting to see the moment Gator goes from confident that he's like, look, I'm you know, this guy's not doing this just for some no reason. He's pissed off because I took the money back and we can all you know, we can we can still make a deal. And when he realizes that there's he's not talking his ass out of this pit. um, Mm -hmm. I also thought it was really slick and I, and I I you know holly being who he is I'm pretty sure it's intentional that right as you know munch is gouging his eyes and he's screaming they kind of dissolve and this uh jazz this this blue song comes up where the guy says i was a wanderer. I had sorrow. I heard the gospel story. <laughs> I thought it's funny that like it's another play on eyes. His eyes are wandering. They're leaving his skull. His eyes are having some sorrow. His eyes are hearing the gospel story because he's literally quoting the Bible to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I understand the gospels are not the Bible. It's contained in the Bible, but it's not the but. Bi- but still, like I thought, mm. it's it's c- c- clearly this is i think holly amusing himself at gator's eyes singing the blues <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but there's even a turn of phrase within the dialogue here yeah it's yeah, yeah. like yes i uh-huh exactly um and the music in this episode is very good as well uh, it sure is i mean look i'm a fan of classic rock the classic rock that was classic rock in the 90s also, mm-hmm. I know. Look, mm-hmm. classic rock has changed. Yeah, we're Everything vintage now. Apparently, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is classic rock. But th- this whipping post song that they do at the end of this episode, God, I love mm-hmm. that song. That is just yeah. a classic blues rock anthem. So good. Um. Then they did. They also do a riff on Toxic, uh, that Britney Spears song, which. Oh I just, yeah, that was, I, I don't know that's... if that's totally appropriate because the song, the song is about. A lover who's bad for
1: you. It's not like I don't I don't know exactly what they're doing with it. I I think it works both ways. It works because Roy is a toxic male. Uh, or showing toxic masculinity makes you a toxic male. But it also sure. is is they're they're also making a point that she's bad for Roy too. Mm-hmm. Like multiple yeah. people. From his new wife, Karen, to his father-in-law, Odin, to his ranch hands, to his son, have, uh, to, to old Munch himself, have said, this is crazy what you're doing. And he realizes like three episodes too late, I think this episode, that, yeah, you guys are right. So I think, I think yeah. it worked. There's some really cool drum
0: tracks they use in one of these episodes. I, I don't know. Uh, the music in the show is quite good. Yeah anyway uh let's go back to roy's ranch where dot is still trying to escape her prison shack uh while reaching for the ceiling she falls through the floor which gives her the idea to escape from below or at least hide there um and roy hasn't heard from gator and he thinks oh boy the tide's turned on him so he calls odin and his militia to dig in and tells bowman to go bury dot
1: Yeah, I couldn't help but remember. There's um, my favorite pa- uh, book series of all time. Patrick O'Brien's Aubrey Maturin series, The uh, Master and Commander uh, movies based on that. Uh, there's something late in the series where, you know, uh, Lucky Jack, the captain, is getting old. He's an admir- I think he's a rear admiral at this point and he's reflecting with his friend Stephen about his life and what an improbable run of luck it's being, and things are starting to reverse against him, and he says, like, I can feel it. It's like the turn of the tide. You know, I've had, like, my whole life, the tide has been coming in, and now it's starting to recede, and I think it's such a powerful metaphor. And Roy, it's like, you know, like, you think of the things, like, he's standing on this, like, you know, long-spanning legacy of lawman good bad or ugly in stark county and you know he must have thought in he's invincible when he's stealing millions of dollars and giving it to the militia and they they're, they're getting high in their own supply and you know there's this national movement of constitutional sheriffs and you know nothing can stop him not even the might of the federal government cuz we're on our and and now the tide's coming out i i, I like it and and uh, he's preparing himself and his followers to die here i do wonder how much of this Is posturing and how much of it is sincere Mm -hmm. because it's all well and good to be like I'm ready to die for my bullet but then when you know the FBI rolls up in their tanks and it's because because that's the thing it's like when I was coming of age you had genuine crazy white right wingers you know Uh, Waco Ruby Ridge people that Mm -hmm. were really well you know thought they were Jesus Christ thought they were Sebastian's and they were ready and willing to die I feel like a lot of guys nowadays are doing this shit or just they're just like hoping that a bunch of guys with guns will make people go away and leave them alone. They're not about that life. Mm -hmm. They're not really having apocalyptic visions of the future. It's essentially, you know, when you see these people posing on social media with their guns and all that stuff looking tough and saying, come and get them and whatnot, that's. I always think that's such a that's such a posing. They're just posing. They're just trying to sell black rifle coffee and yeah, five I mean, you gallon post buckets. On social of... media
0: pictures of you doing that if you weren't posing, right? That is posing. That's literally what it it's. It's literally being a poser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't look people. People who really truly believe that stuff don't need to get on po- social media and post about it. They'd rather right. just you know stay so off that the radar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so like, and I, and yeah it's, it's all. I mean, everything on social media is posturing and posing. And yeah. Like, because like, you're doing it for an audience. It's by and definition I, posing.
1: I, I don't know of Roy, if that's, if, if, that, if that accurately describes him. Is he one of those posers? Or is he one of those kind of like well, true believers?
0: There's two questions I have here about Roy, um, and that's one of them. Uh, and I think the episode kind of shades it a little bit in favor of, hey, he's a little bit of a poser here because mm. what he does with this tunnel, you know, he leaves himself an out. He he talks a huge game to the FBI to their faces and says, you know what, I'm I'm ready to die here, and if and, and so be it if that happens, and then he goes and he opens himself an escape hatch. Uh, yeah.
1: It's, so there you go. So, so,
0: so the, his actions are betraying his his words here, and I think that to me says he's a bit of a poser
1: the other he's, he's referring this he's when he says this is our masada i'm like huh i've never heard that reference this is a fortress mesa in southern israel that is a very impressive, like it's like the, it, it it looks like uh, something like Helm's Deep, you know, it's this, this, this wow. stone column with the ruins of a wall around it. And I guess in the early first century, the King Herod that ruled Judea at the time started fortifying that and put palaces up there. And by 70 CE, when the Jewish zealots were trying to rebel against the Roman Empire, I guess one of the big factions they met there, this was kind of their Waterloo. And legend says that like a thousand of them committed suicide on top of that fortification rather than being taken alive by the Romans. So Roy is absolutely saying this is where we either win or die. Mm -hmm. But then he cracks the door open for himself just in case, right? Because I I I I was with you. I think that tunnel leads off property, and he's you know I I assume. Yeah, I mean, where's the tunnel go? I I
0: don't.
1: Maybe it's maybe it's his bunker, and he's just gonna you know
0: but but saying no, I think just it's one of those wallow tunnels means... from
1: better call saul it's yeah. it's a bug out bug out tunnel yeah for sure
0: um i also have questions about this uh the the windmill so this is connected to the process right the, the if you go back to the doll episode um this windmill in Dot's mind is connected to the process. Like you've got to go through this thing to experience it and feel it and understand it. Um, even if it seems dumb at the time. You gotta you gotta just go through the process and it'll make sense. Yeah. Why does she flash to that in this moment? I um, I really don't
1: understand this part of it. In, in what moment?
0: Um, she's trying to escape her prison shack and she's looking out there and like seeing this windmill and
1: flashing back to her vision that never actually happened. Does she Linda. do? Because I thought, I thought she only flashed back when uh, wait where? yeah what flashback? Because I, I remember clearly when Indira tells her to get to some place where no one will think to look she has that kind of like subliminal flash mm-hmm. to the windmill totally. They, does it happen in this scene too? Or does she flash back um, to?
0: Maybe it wasn't a flashback maybe she's just staring out the window at it but mm. I, I don't quite understand what they're getting at with her connection to this windmill and the process and oh. what she's experiencing right now
1: so the the interpretation like me and Pete and Ron came up with while you were out was that you know Dot is a delusional person that you know when you go back into like episode 3 or 4 where she's at the hospital and uh, Indira and Wilt Far trying to impress upon her like no you actually were kidnapped and we have it on I saw you and and uh, she's I think I can't remember if she said it or Danish Grave said it for her that like, if all due respect, we have our own reality. And Will's like, that's not mm. something that you get to have. I think you're supposed to explicitly understand that the deal with her trauma and maybe some abandonment guilt that she had for leaving Gator behind um, and maybe some possible like that. The, she knew I, I think deep down she knew Linda was dead. Maybe she even saw Will or Roy kill her. But she's blocked all that out and re- created a new substitute reality where she just got out scot-free, didn't commit any crimes, didn't hurt anybody, got a new life. And, and she's like um, – almost pretend like that old life was a dream. And then Roy flips it on her where it's like, yo, no, it's the opposite. That whole other life you had is a dream. This is reality. So I think this is just her – like, you know, she even tells – did you think that she told Gator the truth from her perspective that her mom is still alive and she met her? Or do you think she was trying to manipulate Gator last episode? See, that, that was
0: very confusing to me, too, because she knows it was just a vision, or she should know that it was just a, a I, dream she had. I think that. But that's starting to make a lot more sense.
1: If she's actually delusional, if she. Especially is when she had. And- the huge head trauma with the SUV accident. I think mm-hmm. that like, yes, she rem- like that really made it hazy too, but they're that's I, I think they're just Holly's playing at the idea of people living in their delusions and like blocking out things that frighten them or disquiet them and only just going with the things that, you know, make them feel comfy. Um and her this is the last episode have her been well yeah i know but like that's from my
0: perspective for the (laughs) first not a
1: black and white guy you know well for the first six
0: episodes from my perspective she was lying to people around her and she knew she was lying I, i never once felt like she actually believed the thing she was saying she was saying them because she needed to keep from blowing up her new life which she loved yeah, I wish they had made I mean, it more explicit. And and even in the the episode where she has the vision of the doll stuff, I still didn't get the impression that she was delusional, or deluding herself, or
1: I- anything other than pretty pretty neuronormal. But well, I mean, I think the even neurologically, nor- like you know, non neurodivergent people can have like and oh, that, sure, I guess sure. the question I don't... is like, could, could you have so much? trauma that you have a delusion and now you're still neurotypical. I, I don't know, but sure. I, I it, it might be an open question in the first six episodes whether she was like truly delusional or just like trying to keep it together. But I think that the car accident she goes through, you're supposed to understand that she's a little more loose grasp on what's real, what's not real. And the last two episodes have her been progressively coming to grips with what actually happened and her place in it so that's that's where that's that's where I interpreted the flashbacks as being kind of like these intrusive thoughts that she's having the the, mm. the reality crashing into her delusion and this is this it
0: makes a certain amount of sense um,
1: now nine episodes into the series yeah um Right, but it has uh, been something like, I mean, he's played it fair. It's like he has been something that they've been talking about since episode three. People like having their own delusions like Roy mm-hmm. is living a delusional life. I think Lorraine's living a delusional life. You know, that she is this. Yeah, it's so, it's
0: it's something that I hmm. when when you talk about delusions in that regard, I don't think those are actual delusions. I think those are people knowingly lying about things. Like they understand that the world is not like this. They understand that these events didn't take place, but they are willing to say that they did because it serves their own agenda, uh, or or fits into the worldview that they want to have. I, I, th- there to me is a distinction there between actual delusion and just lying to yourself.
1: I wonder what a psychologist would say. Yeah, like I'd, what I'd is like curious. is is that actually a line or is it a continuum. I mean, obviously, oh, sure if you're is, yeah. like if you're truly delusional, like you're seeing auditory and visual hallucination, that's a different class than a person who tells themselves something enough that they truly believe it. But like right. there's a lot of there's a lot of studies to show that, like, you know, uh, just telling the same true story over and over and over again, just to divide the variations you give it rewrite your mental circuits and like you it'll it's every time you retell it with a slightly different thing and it's not like you're like oh i'm making up a lot i'm embellishing things it's just it just happens Mm -hmm. uh and then it's like you know what is the true memory what what can you extract the core memory from all the times you've retold it all the times you've revisited it uh i don't know it's uh and, and maybe that that's another thing that holly's playing with this season uh what the nature of delusions and how they apply politically because yeah like right now if you're paying attention to the news, uh, there's a big story, which essentially it, it was a crime committed. If a person genuinely believed that they were acting to save a stolen election. And how can one know the interior thoughts? How can anyone be guilty of a crime if you can't establish their state of mind? Never mind that we do that mm-hmm. in courts of law all the fucking time. But that's 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 the that's one of the issues de jour. Is was a crime Mm -hmm. committed if a person truly believed, regardless of how many statements you can produce and how many sworn statements. So it's like it is pretty timely that, you know, what is the line Mm -hmm. between people Mm -hmm. being delusional, people lying and people self deluding? I shit, man, I don't know. Yeah. How how do you
0: distinguish from the outside what? The, which which one of those that person is? Right? I feel like
1: that's something that like uh, communities dis- decide. Like that's where ultimately yeah. you know, if enough people be like, "Nah, you're full of shit," that's what ends up happening. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just having a <laughs> we're having a speak right now about who, how many people is on either side of the delusion, and who gets to have that say, right? Uh, so Bowman goes out to the shack to kill Dot, but the place is seemingly
0: empty. He runs off to tell Roy as Dot undoes her cuffs from below the floor where she was
1: hiding. Um, Finally got that nail. She's been working work, work, working on getting... Yeah.
0: Yeah, just took her busting through the floor to do it. Uh, honestly, you could probably drag that. but wow, that's uh, box spring out the door. Like, it's not a very secure thing to shackle her to.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it'd be, like I don't it's part know. Of the building. I, she I could would. do it. She's a tiger. Yeah. Come on. I think she should Tony Stark it and turn it into some kind of spring trap armor suit, you know, with yeah. like sharpened <laughs> scythes. and use it to, to bounce her way out of the place. Dot Lions built this from a cot in an outbuilding. <laughs> Sorry sir I'm I'm not Dorothy Lyon. Yep.
0: Uh okay Lorraine can't reach Danish and Indira says well his cell phone was shut off late last night out at the Tillman ranch. So Lorraine tells her to call the
1: orange idiot. The Lorax? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so it's the only person with enough power in the government to do anything. Uh-huh. That was interesting. So, two couple things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Indira, stunning in her corporate security wear. I like it better in the
0: uniform. I don't know what that says
1: about me, but sure. Uh, She doesn't look bad in this. Nothing wrong with admiring a woman in uniform. Also, not wearing her wedding ring. She is done with that, dude. Thank God.
0: It's about fucking time, man. Yeah. Yeah. The episode where she catches them together, I'm like, yes, let
1: this be it. Please. Yeah. And it is. We got some great feedback on that too um, we actually got started we've been adding some the the, the feedbackers been outdoing themselves the Good. last couple weeks Uh, you said you had a couple things Um. oh yeah the fact that she looks stunning and she has no wedding ring those are two things oh two you things find okay. them as a couple
0: <laughs> yep. uh, it, it, uh, let me address the orange idiot real quick um, oh yeah I think we all know who she's talking about I I was interested in the way she talks about him I mean describing him as the orange idiot um, he's obviously a very powerful man um, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know how powerful because this all takes place in 2019 right so like yes this is sort of toward the end of the orange idiot's reign uh, at yeah, least official about reign a, about a year ago mm-hmm um, she clearly has disdain for him. She uh-huh. thinks at best he's a useful tool uh that she doesn't she does not respect him in any way obviously is this is this sort of an indication of how Holly thinks that most people who interface with that kind of a person think of them?
1: I think that there's so there's a Uh, I might step on an emailer's toes a little bit. I think a guy named Paul emailed us and said that he sees this as a divide between like the neoconservatives and the modern MAGA movement that like, you know, Lorraine is uh, like a Bush era Mm neoconservative. And I think you're supposed to understand that she's talking to William Barr here that uh, is is because she calls him Bill later. Gotcha. Uh, the timeline doesn't wa- w- work because he is becomes um, attorney general in February of the next year, I think. Um, but I, I maybe I got the timeline on that. But he, you know, he was the attorney general for Bush one. Um, so mm. like. This is her she's 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 calling the orange idiot, but she's actually talking if if I'm right, she's actually talking to and and I think William Barr turned out to be like a, a, a neoconservative and 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 uh, Trump's problems um, were, you know, he he tried to use a lot of traditional Republican operatives and operations. And those are not like you know, <laughs> that. Those are, are not yeah. shot through with MAG or at least that they weren't, you know, eight years ago. So I, I think that's like she represents like an old school arch conservative that. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, she's running a debt company. She's preying on poor people, but she's doing it within the bounds of the law. <laughs> you know, she's not she's mm-hmm. not committing crimes. Maybe she's written some of those laws. Sure. But she's not committing versus, you know, Roy, who's like, fuck there. Uh, he is outside. He's an outlaw. You know, um, once you say that the judges are corrupt, The deep states running everything even Mm -hmm. the politicians on your side are are thwarting the will of the people there's nothing left but violent revolution right because you think the government's a sham and that's like you know the 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 quintessential i think problem we got going on here is that like one side just thinks the game's rigged and uh uh, no no i mean there's there's nothing other than a 1776 style cleaning of the house is going to fix it um and then the rest of us are just trying to get free health care. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I but I, I I agreed with the emailer that I think that Lorraine is that kind of like old school arch Republican conservative, and she probably loathes Matt, the Trump and his, the the MAGA movement. But she's also going to contribute yeah. to it because it's roughly speaking her side. Sure, and it can be a useful tool for her. Yeah. Um, what you going to do? Elect Joe Biden? <laughs> Come right. on. Uh, He's practically a communist, Jim. Well, yeah, it would have been Hillary. At He's that wanting point, to write right? off all that student debt. Hello, hello, uh-huh.
0: coddle these fucking kids. She she hasn't even gotten to the student debt issue yet, man. <laughs> she like that's that's twenty twenty stuff. That's what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, she's, Turns out she's, she's still her on her Pizzagate. middle names.
1: Her middle name's Fannie Mae. It's Lorraine uh-huh. Fannie Mae Lyon, and she 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 runs that division too.
0: Probably. Uh, All right. Indira calls wit and tells him that the FBI is going to raid the branch and he's got to go save dot. So he rolls out. Um, I like how concerned both of these characters are about Dot's safety. Um, Indira, I think out of some uh, sense of like a girl power sort of thing, especially after the whole fiasco with uh, Lars Mm -hmm. and then wit because she's saved his life and like both of these people are just like these are my characters in this show I, I love Indira I love Wit uh, because of their bravery and their decency and just like everything that so many of these other characters are not they yeah. embody the positive qualities that you want uh, in, a, in a human being let alone in law enforcement officers
1: yeah actual strength actual you know dignity actual bravery um, I, 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 can't, I couldn't agree more uh, and then we go to the exact uh counter example
0: here where Roy live streams a call to arms for all patriots to rally up at his ranch sends out the code 10 10 double zero whatever uh and this is the scene where you know immediately after he sends out that call we get the YMCA needle drop and Odin's crew shows up at the ranch and starts prepping for a battle <laughs>
1: thing roy's like uh don't forget to use promo code masada when you're ordering your <laughs> your into your your bug out buckets each bug out bucket can feed a family of five for five days don't forget to use code masada when you order those bug out mm-hmm. buckets yeah it's like it's, it's it's all it's all the grift man
0: yeah i saw this on the righteous gemstones last season don't order uh-huh. those buckets it goes
1: badly <laughs> yeah. And then um, he references Ammon Lavoy. Did, did you did you clock those names? So those are the guys, no. the the Am, the Bundy family that was beefing with the Bureau of Land Management and the Forestry sure. Service about public water and land use rights. Uh, these these uh, his sons and this Lavoy character. Uh, took over a wildlife refuge in Oregon for like a month back in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, Lafoy ends up uh, dying um, being taken into custody the others not but he's he's essentially saying it's just a ridiculous thing you know when I go like compared like again I go, go back to Waco and Ruby Ridge which are back you know when I was uh, a conservative to touch points and I'm like it's Far Cry having a a, a a compound of fanatic the, the uh, followers and then taking over what's essentially a visitor center you know <laughs> the place where you get the brochures for your trail maps and take a shit before you hit the trailhead you know that's what that's what they're occupying yeah
0: I mean you gotta get your beachhead somewhere right if you're going to take the country, true, <laughs> I mean, might true. as well start at the visitor center. Might as well
1: start in the middle of dumb, but nowhere. nowhere, Oregon, and fight your way out of there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But the whole grab your beans, your bullets, and your big fucking hammer <laughs> big and cut the YM, YM, YM say, Young Men's Christian Association, which is a fair thing to call what Roy's doing out here with his, his buddy Odin. You sure, know? Young Men's Christian Association. A lot of ways to have a good time. A lot oh, of ways so to many. Have a good time. So many. For a young yeah. man. It's all when you're with your brothers in Christ. Try mm-hmm. to stay warm. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so Dot sneaks into Roy's house. She finds a phone in his bedroom, which she uses to call Wayne. Uh, while she's distracted, Roy's new wife finds her, and Dot tries to convince her to join forces to take Roy down. It doesn't work, but it does get her close enough to grab the gun and knock her out. So uh, then she sneaks downstairs. Into the kitchen, turns on the gas stove, and walks out the door.
1: Yeah, we find out that Karen, poor Karen, got beat after Dot got her beating uh, last episode, and uh, is un- and and it's it's always fascinating to see her process the truth of Dot's words. Like, you know, we could mm-hmm. take him down. You'll never get beat again again, and and uh, and neither will your daughters because I. I I don't know if Karen's ever put that together that like as soon as his daughters get old enough to talk back and you know get go from spankings to beatings uh, Mm -hmm. and that's that's if Roy doesn't decide he wants to start molesting them Uh, like you can see that click and it's what kind of enrages her like the the truth being thrown into her own face and it, it lets her step into to, to range of the lion's claws and she gets uh, or the tiger's claws she gets taken down but uh, it's just a sad scene you know this is uh, Roy has so thoroughly broken this woman that she is essentially acting as like a fugitive slave patrol you well, know? she's created
0: an alternate reality where Roy is not a bad man right I yeah I look at that and and I say yeah she believes somehow that Roy is is worthy of any love um or affection and like
1: oh, plays and she that calls part him, out
0: but I don't think she feels it she calls
1: him love that's another mm-hmm. thing that really hits home because yeah he is you know yeah I mean comparatively he's, certainly he's a weak person's idea of a strong man. Mm-hmm. and it's I, I think it's really interesting well I'll wait till I get to that point in the episode but
0: yeah that's that's kind of the distinction I draw between someone like him versus someone like wit who displays it every turn in a non showy way right he's not he's, he's not getting out there and live streaming how tough he is he's not yeah you know playing it for an audience he's just doing the brave thing that you need to do in yeah. given the circumstances and that to me is the, the truly strong person yeah Oh, the
1: guy in the trunk's trying to get out. We'll be right back. we we'll put the ads in the wood chipper. Welcome back.
0: Uh, so Roy walks into his house and instantly smells the gas, and he turns it all off. Um, he begins searching the house for Dot. He finds a shitload of money in a bag in Gator's closet. Is this... I know I shouldn't bring it up, but is
1: this the bag? Are you talking about the Fargo bag? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think no. so. Because that was a briefcase. By the, that was also a briefcase. We, yeah, you're right. Me me, and uh, uh, Pete went, went around about that. It turns out we were both right. That uh, Did you recall that... Um, oh, I can't remember this guy's name, but he plays the Grocery King in oh, yeah, season yeah. one. Mm-hmm. That he claimed that he'd found that million dollars. That's how he started his... Uh-huh. So we have dealt the Fargo money, but then Lorne Mal- Malvo put the literal fear of God into him. He thought that the money was cursed. So he took the briefcase, stuffed it full of a million dollars and buried it mm-hmm. back where he found it. So like the Fargo money has both been found and lost again. So it's still out there. No, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think this has anything to do with that. Okay.
0: But it's blood it from, money.
1: Then? It's, Oh, this is from, uh, Why so this is, I... I... is the money. This is the money that Roy kicked the munch to Make them square that Munch left Gator in his bag. never back. gave it to him. No, oh, he oh, did. Oh, he pulled it out of the back seat. Yes, right, that's what he got he out of the back woman. seat. Which was, yeah. And then apparently he took it back, didn't give it to his dad. He was keeping it for himself for his own purposes. I had no so. idea that that was
0: the money. I thought that was some piece of evidence that linked him somehow to Munch. And I,
1: yeah. I, I didn't wow. when I first right. watched it I didn't know what it was either I had to watch it again and like what is this oh that's the yeah yeah, yeah I didn't watch that one again because
0: I didn't have to podcast yeah, on it so like uh, uh, okay that makes way more sense um, so he kept the curse alive essentially you know even if he hadn't killed the old woman yeah. I feel like this would be a thing for Munch to come after him
1: you know the, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. scales are it's, still off right it's double du- double, double debt Yep, daily double debt for for Gator
0: um, alright let's uh, go over to Gator then the eyeless Gator is kind of led through the wilderness by Munch we're going to find out that he's taking him to the ranch uh, but we don't really know that yet mm-hmm. I was kind of curious how this was all going to tie back in while I was watching it uh, and then the FBI continues their approach to Roy's ranch as Dot finds a safe place and then calls Lorraine uh, she tells her the Danish is dead and Lorraine says there's an army coming to save you and Indira tells her to hide somewhere they won't look for her. this is this is the point at which Lorraine calls her, refers to her as her daughter and this is apparently deeply affecting to Dot and I was surprised by that because up until now, I had never felt like Dot was seeking any kind of approval from Lorraine whatsoever.
1: I do. It's kind of like, it's funny, this is the go-to I'm going to go to, but it is what it is. You know, like in Anchorman, when Ron Burgundy and uh, uh, What's-His-Face, the, the other lead newscaster from the other newsroom, they've been beefing, they've been fighting, and then at the end... Uh, You know, he's pulling Ron out of the bear pit and he's like, Ron Burgundy, I hate you with every fiber of my being. But God damn it, I respect you. And they like hug each other. They bro hug. I think it turns out that they're actually brothers, too. It's (laughs) one of the one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't think Dot was ever seeking Lorraine's approval, but having it handed to you on a silver platter like this deep respect and affection from this fierce woman probably still like this tiger to tiger, like just lion to tiger, not of respect, still probably meant a lot, you know? Yeah, to me it came across as like,
0: she's overwhelmed with emotions here because of her circumstances. Um, less so than I value any kind
1: of respect I might get from this woman. Huh, uh, no, I disagree. I think it meant a lot to her. It's just not something she was looking for. Be like, my, you know, why? I'm not looking for. Mar- this hey, woman. I'm not looking for Martin Scorsese's approval, right? But if he called me up to me yesterday and said, "You know, I was, uh, Aaron, I was listening to your flowers of killer. I'm, you're a hell of a. You got you some great points. I really liked her. I would be fucked. I'd private the yeah, eyes. Do you respect right? Martin Scorsese? Okay, you're right. I do respect him. I don't think Dot respects. you don't, think, respects wait, you don't Lorraine. think Dot respects Lorraine? Really? No, I think she views
0: her as a kind of vile person. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the impression I took away, but maybe that's just my own feelings on the matter.
1: Maybe I'm transferring those to this character. I've been trying to recalibrate because, like, man, a lot of people are not down with Lorraine being evil. I was kind of surprised to take that, like, it seems... I don't maybe. know how prominent she it is, is in our audience, like, percentage-wise, but, like, I've gotten a lot of pushback. Hell, braun pushback back on it, like, saying, I don't think she's, like, um you know she's like doing bad things or things that maybe we don't approve of or wish she could do better in society but she's not evil and where I'm like comfortable with like she has a disdain evil. Evil. she she's For. like Corella Deville type of evil like she's not yeah she's not murdering people maybe her evilness like uh is is making coats out of puppies but still maybe he's lowercase e evil it's not Paul Pot or Hitler evil but right right she wouldn't fit into yeah. Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. neighborhoods what I'm saying no. They've already got a tiger anyway. They
0: don't need her. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, clearly, this does affect Dodd. It's not. It's not debatable.
1: Um, unless you have your own version of reality here. But something uh, that yeah. we have been debating in the weeks that you've been gone is like the subtle hints that maybe there was something going on between Danish and Lorraine did you see any i mean i don't i, mean, I literally uh, don't think it matters because grain uh da, danish is moldering in the grave but yeah it does not matter at this point but
0: i there I was mean, something I could there maybe see it i here here's the thing out of everyone in this show he's the one person that she has respected consistently um he's her go-to whenever she has a problem that needs to be solved she believes yeah. that he can get the job done no matter the circumstances um so so if it's not like a physical romantic thing, then it's certainly like a spiritual thing. She mm. she respects the man. Yeah. At the very least. Um so the FBI arrives, and so does Wit, and there's a standoff while the FBI decides how to approach the situation. Wit asks that he be allowed to lead a team to save Dot, and they agree since she's an asset in the prosecution of Roy. She is the top of the list. I really love this scene, the banter between the, what is it, the FBI guy and the
1: two agents? No, there there are two, it's SWAT, one is SWAT, one is FBI. Oh yeah, one is the local, is the state like uh-huh. police and the other is the FBI so you got the yeah. state federal yeah and their their banter back and forth is
0: so good <laughs> also, i like that the, too do not you know better than to interrupt a superior officer when they're
1: bantering <laughs> <laughs> then they teach you that at quantico uh-huh. and uh i i enjoyed that too and um i thought that uh i enjoyed I, it's the also, no nonsense and competency of these characters the, 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 I, and i think
0: the go just ahead, ruthless ahead. efficiency of them. You know, they're here to do a job and they're very serious men and th- they seem almost a counterpoint to
1: Roy who is trying to be what they actually are. Thank you. And I'm like, and I think there's levels to it because that's exactly the point I wanted to make that these are, you know, they're coming up, Oh, we got 40 weekend warriors spread out here, there, and another, and they think they're being clever and they're hiding, but we actually have a drone in the sky. We can see all this. And, like the, the true professionals. And it's not because like the thing Roy makes a point. It's like, Oh, you were in a firefight. We're in a fire hi- fight against the, you know, uh, American c- c- cop a... and, and, and uh, 40 guys who were just shooting with Iraqi. I don't know. He's this he something. Yeah. I think he's referring to himself like, right. And then 40 guys who were like just over in Iraq shooting insurgents. So he's essentially saying all of his guys are battle hardened soldiers. Which is probably sure. true, but the thing is, like, I think these types that, that like, you know, the, I've I've seen a lot of these kind of militia guys or ex military, and like, you know, it's like, oh, we we can square up against the United States. The United States military does not kick so much ass around the globe because of the individual valor and might of our fighting men and women, although that's considerable. Like, like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, not coming after Delta Force or Marine Oof, Force no. Recon; those guys Obviously are badass, impressive people. Yeah, very impressive people the United States kicks ass globally because of our logistics and because of our technology and because mm-hmm. of the way all those things work together. Yeah. And an individual person with a gun, 40 people with a gun, are going to be ran through by any force that's got like the kind of intelligence, the kind of data-gathering capabilities, and the logistics that the United States has. Um, and that's what... It's the, 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 the Yeah, like it is... I mean, you could you could probably do, uh you know, like I, I think I don't know, like 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 a rebellion against the United States. I don't think would look like another civil war. I think it would look like like the troubles in Ireland or, mm, yeah. you know, like like what's going on in, in Palestine right now where, you know, you got PC, more guerilla, people. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Terror tactics and things yeah. like that, like low scale conflict uh, for years and years at a time. It sounds like it's, it's super unpleasant. I don't want to be going to the mall and get shot up when I'm trying to get a pair of pants. You know, that's not the kind of country I want to live in. But it's not they, they, they're, the, the, the idea that they can win. Mm-hmm. is just it's just not going to happen. And and yeah, when this FBI guy comes up and like has the, even though Roy's on his horse and he's got his gun and all his men, like it's clear who is the person who is the one that's in charge and who is going to probably get their way. Yeah. And I I think the Holly is deliberately saying this is the real McCoy and this is the counterfeit. Yeah. I think so. Um
0: I I I don't know why I was getting well, I do know why I was getting emotional over this, like Wit coming in and saying we need to put dot on this priority list because she's a priority. And you know, he's he's defending that, and the FBI agents are defending that, saying, yeah, when we go to prosecute this guy, we're gonna need her testimony. Uh, but Wit's not doing it for that reason. Wit's doing that because she saved his life um, because he doesn't want her to die. And I'm just. I'm. I feel like I'm getting emotional watching this scene because of the bravery that Witt is displaying. He's not. He's not saying, "Hey, you guys, when you go in, could you maybe you know grab Dot?" He's saying, "I want to lead a team in to go get her." And there's a man who can barely walk at this point. You you see him. Yeah, he's not on a crutch anymore, but he's limping throughout this entire episode. He's still yeah. feeling the effects of the gunshot
1: that almost took his life and Dot saved him from. So like. And when he lines lines up valor. this hostage rescue team, like they've all got like level three vests with steel plates and Kevlar yeah. helmets, and he's showing up in his like, yeah, I'm sure he's got a vest on, but he's got his side, and they got rifles mm-hmm. and night vision shit. He's got his like little Fargo, you know, fur hat and his sidearm, yeah. but he's going in with all these other god the warriors because. You know, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. he's that's, that's his calling. That's his duty. Yeah.
0: Uh, really can't say enough good about this guy. Uh, Odin asks Roy, if this is the last stand or the start of something in pretty hilarious terms, uh, Roy doesn't answer.
1: He just tells him nobody shoots until I say go. Uh, I mean, this is, yeah, this is lays it out. It's like, you know, I, are you Hitler in the Reichstag or Hitler in the bunker? Is this your first or last days? Because all I see yeah. is a hobo digging a ditch for a piece of ass you couldn't control when you had the chance. Like, the the tide has turned. It's not because, like, the moon changes orbit. It's because you're a dumbass, Roy, is what mm-hmm. Odin's saying here. Um, to yeah. an extent, you almost wonder why Odin's backing him. Because it seems like everyone else was running for the hills. The governor not returning his phone calls. Mm-hmm like why did odin you know back his boy here why doesn't he just be like yeah Is it because Don his Roeder? daughter's mixed up in it yeah that's the easy answer right there it's, it's the odin, only blood, thing blood means that... a lot to these fuckers oh yeah yeah. No. blood and soiled blood in the land yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, rightfully so like. i don't want to say like family shouldn't mean anything yeah no
0: no I, yeah, yeah. it should but like yeah that's got to be his reasoning well she's yeah. stuck with this dumb fuck Who I thought, yeah, because the way he phrases that, you know, he says something about like, I thought that Roy was like this tough guy who was going to... I
1: I let my daughter marry you because I thought you were a conqueror and now you're just a hobo digging a ditch. Right. So now he's stuck in this with him.
0: Uh, So Roy rides out to talk to the FBI and they tell him that they have a warrant and they're coming in and he tells them to leave before they all end up dead. And everyone is just recalcitrant in this scene. They're not giving
1: an inch. So like the uh, I like it. The scene in the extended edition of uh The Return of the King where uh the Mouth of Sauron rides out of the gates and and treats with Aragorn and and Gandalf. Um hmm. cuz yeah, it's like I as this this person that's trying to appear that they're in control and they're powerful and the guys are coming to bring him out of that hole willingly or not uh like nah, you're not mm, it's not happening. Uh there's nothing he can do to intimidate these these FBI guys. No, but it always takes people by
0: surprise. I think Roy's attitudes, yeah. always always put people off on 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 like a weird footing, right? Cuz he's yeah. so abrasive, he's so like everything he's saying is so self-assured. It's it's so in your face. He he clearly does not give a shit what you think about him in his words. I I don't know what it is about the way he's speaking here but everything every time he meets somebody
1: new they're always shocked at his demeanor because I think it's like the way he's saying all the things like a a great man would say like I am here I'm called by God I was I was my my name was carved in my bones and it's the only thing I can do and you are you you know uh uh the, he the god blows the horn and makes the walls fall you came for lots why but she's already pill. he's just like doing this weird verbal diarrhea this word salad of scriptural mm. mishmash and it's all like but like we also know that he's planning if the things go bad that he's gonna bug out get the fuck out of here he's gonna try to live right. and fight another day so it's like he's saying all these great inspirational things but he's an empty suit and there's something I, I think you can kind of tell the difference. And like like what, like when Wilt was dealing with him last episode, it's like there's this kind of like odd disconnect between this guy who's talking on this tough talk, but you know, like deep down, he's kind of a dandy. He's not gonna do any of this shit. I mean, I I don't
0: know if I'd go that far. Like there's something about him. I mean he OK, he might risk- portray him. He's he's willing to murder people in cold blood. He's willing to get on the opposite side of the law knowingly like he's he's not not a dangerous and impressive man in some ways. But but there is that element of like artificiality to it all as well.
1: Because here's the thing. He's willing to do la violence to others who have no ability to respond, but he's unwilling to receive violence himself. Okay. And I think a real a real patriot has no problems that, and, and, and is always living with the, the awareness that that violence might come back to him and they're fine with that. That's the cost. Yeah, the wits of, of the world, right. That's the cost of my beliefs. Like, if I have to die to Mm -hmm. protect something I believe in, die to protect an innocent person, That's I'm in the profession of arms, baby. That's the deal. I get to carry this gun. I get to wear this badge. I get to boss people around because at the end of the day, I'm going to fight for the things, not even that I believe in, but what the community. I'm fighting for the rules that the community have said that are important. And Roy doesn't. Like, Roy is going to cut Mm -hmm. and run the first time it's him against uh, uh, against the wall. Yeah, and he explicitly
0: doesn't value the opinions of the community or the the people around him at
1: all. I mean, no. he doesn't even vo- he doesn't even value God's word. He doesn't. He doesn't bother yeah. to, to quote it correctly. Like he, that's just a justification for him to do the things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you know Lorraine said he's a he's a he's a baby. He wants to do the things he wants to do when he wants to do it. Doesn't want anyone to tell him what to do, but he doesn't want any responsibility either. Yeah. So Roy thinks
0: Dot's still on the property somewhere and he says, I'll go check the dugout. And he sends Bowman to check the grave, which I assumed when he said that he meant this, you know, this windmill hole uh, where they dump the bodies. Um, and it's true. So Dot runs to the windmill and she gets inside the grave. And Bowman arrives with some goons and heads out there. We're going to kind of cut back and forth here um there little, there's little this f- shot
1: yeah i was gonna say a little sloppy joe for the tiger to lead the rifle up 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 uh, top
0: Pre- pretty sloppy yeah i'm i'm i
1: don't know look there's a lot going on she's that's true running for her life it's a high she kind of hears someone coming and she's like her first priority is to get down and undercover then uh, yeah yeah i I agree. I think it's a little silly that she leaves the rifle up there and it doesn't
0: meaningfully change anything. She's not going to shoot her way out of this hole, but Yeah. I yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Uh they they do a, a little insert shot here of her looking over and seeing something hanging from the wall of this hole. It's great I could eye not patch. for the life of me tell what it was. I thought it was like is this some necklace from Linda because uh, that's what had I mentioned it was... how yeah, how how he had <laughs> actually killed Linda and Uh-huh. All that, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's necklace, necklace from Linda. It's proof. Turns out, it's just Danish's eye patch. Which
1: I don't is understand. That I He's don't in understand. You the fucking I... hole. Well, you, you can see, see him body. laying down. Yeah, you yeah. can see him with his white hair and his, his his tan coat. And I don't understand why they showed that. To there's some kind. I I saw some theories that there's some kind of Oedipal Oedipus Oedipal. Um reference with the gator and uh maybe being in love with his stepmother and maybe and and you know getting blinded and there's this fixation with uh um graves mm-hmm. danish being half blind because he's there's because he's kind of infatuated with loretta I, but i don't i don't know i don't I, I don't know why they show that um interesting yeah I don't if know, you it know could just be quirky if, fargo stuff, if you, if if you listener know fargo at baldmove.com because like just like last week's episode title blanket i have no <laughs> fucking clue what blanket or eye patch means all right so roy's out searching the dugout and he
0: finds nothing but the remnants of munch's uh, satanic ritual I, I not satanic but you know it has a look of a satanic ritual uh Is once this he emerges a new-
1: is this new though? Like, I did he I do another so. ritual before? So like, Roy's just never touched t- checked his dugout. Like he he got Apparently. a goat killed. That is that Roy's goat. Gotta be right. I mean, Munch doesn't have a supply of goats anywhere. Yeah, I guess maybe you don't check the dugout in the winter. Uh, even though you had a half-naked man covered in shit and blood going through <laughs> your daughter's room and put satanic w- stuff on the walls that you wouldn't check off. All- yeah, I don't yeah. know. I-, I thought maybe the uh, the implication was that uh, um, that Munch spun all this up again for this latest incursion. I don't think so. He doesn't look very
0: blood-covered in it's his true. scenes. So. It's true, uh anyway yeah once he emerges from the dugout he finds munch waiting with gator on a leash and he says he's returning his useless hand as payment for the double cross and then he disappears
1: yeah this uh, is the first scene where i felt sorry for gator when he's crying for daddy yeah. and roy's telling him to shut up and if there is ever a point to you it's gone now he's i think you're supposed to understand he leaves him to die out there yeah he's useless how the hell is it snowing it's cold gator doesn't have proper gear how the hell is he going to get back blind it'd be one thing if he's blind for years and but like yeah he's got no experience at this he feels helpless he's afraid um i felt for him yeah this is some cold-blooded shit that roy does uh to his own son it's does it feel like gator's going to get any kind of redemption it feels like he's just getting like Old Testament biblical punishment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Hmm. Does he get any, <laughs> does he get any, uh, resolution here? I mean, cause the thing that he learns in
1: this scene is that his father literally does
0: not care about him in any Which way. Is
1: something that dot told him last episode, but he was too angry to hear things that Dot right. is the liar.
0: But it did stick. I mean, you can see that punch kind of landed. He gets pissed off in his car, and you know, you're acting really like this away, is a like consolation
1: prize. This is like you know, uh, getting the Wheel of Fortune board game if you if you crap out. But like, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Knowing that your father hates you and doesn't respect you even a little bit, at least uh, he can start his life. I mean, he's been no, living yeah, this he can life. He end his life. He's gonna freeze to death out here, blind, hurting, well, he and not afraid freeze to death. Yeah. <laughs> if this is sure, on a if tropical he survives beach, this, sure
0: he yeah. has a new lease on life right I mean yeah he doesn't have his eyes but
1: look I don't know if his eyes were doing him any favors anyway Lunch uh, already he, he, gave him a new leash on life he led him, led him <laughs> through the ra- ranch by lease. It. He's, lease. Done. he's done he's done he's at the end of this leash this new leash <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but no I mean it, look he, he lost his eyes so that he could see right he now sees his father for the person he is and and look I don't even know if Gator being as immature and ridiculous as he is is even capable of registering all these ideas but if he makes it through this he at least is not under the spell of this horrible man anymore and he has if he has a decent heart which I think Dot might think he does if he has that decent heart at his core he could start to actually be a human being worth living alive. As opposed to this nothing that he's been.
1: It's interesting you mention about the, the eye patch here because this you know I'm, I'm putting my uh, metaphor analysis hat on and you know the Greek or the Greek god the the Norse god Odin sacrificed one of his eyes for wisdom and knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be because like I think Danish Graves saw the world in kind of a false light. You know he 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 learned the difference between you know, soft power and actual power last episode. Mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, he's blind in one eye, so he's already a wise person. Is this implying that Gator has got, like, a double dose of that same truth? I mean,
0: yeah, it could be. I just, man, I look at Gator, I don't know that he's equipped. It might take him some time to really, yeah. like I said, register all this. If he gets it, if he gets it,
1: if he doesn't die, and if he gets it, I was gonna say, do you think he plays a like? Do you do you think he plays a part, or do we do we cut to him sometime next episode, and he's like looking like Jack Torrance at the end of The Shining? Yeah, you know,
0: could be, could be, because I mean, what's he gonna do? Just listen for gunfire and
1: walk that direction? It <laughs> could. I mean, and there'll be a lot of that. Shot. That's yeah. He could walk into the middle of a. 40 v 40 (laughs) gunfight it could be
0: funny i don't know we'll see how it goes but yeah he's not dead yet as they say uh but this is another great scene you know with um munch here and he's talking about the the metaphor of this debt that has to be paid um and you you know when someone double crosses you you cleave their hand from them and return it to them. Still a hand, but useless.
1: Do you, I I wasn't sure what he's talking about. Uh, It's interesting to see how a person describes a double cross. And he says like to steal is a man's lineage, it's what he is, is he, he's, he's not talking about a man, men in general. He's talking about this person that he mm-hmm. like the the gate but like how did gator describe the double cross i guess I, I didn't that that's the thing that i didn't quite understand what munch was trying to say i think he's trying to say well, that your lineage is defined roy. by you th- taking things from people and not giving things back and not keeping your word but
0: well i think it's about roy right like the useless hand is roy's hand which is uh-huh. gator um, so yeah. he's describing Roy as the thief and the person uh-huh. who takes
1: and doesn't give back. So it's kind of of a piece with... Um, do, uh, do you think that uh, that Munch thinks that this is Roy's plan? Because Gator did it all on his own. That's maybe a piece of information he doesn't know? Well, I mean, the, the initial double cross... I don't know, because
0: Munch has a weird way of looking at the world too, right? Like he views them not telling this them that this one was a tiger mm-hmm. as a sort of double cross. And I feel right. like that's the genesis of this whole thing.
1: Um it was, they're cheating him. They they tried, to, you know, they they knew the yeah. real value of this target and they tried to make it seem like it's just a housewife.
0: Well it's kind of of a piece with, with what Roy is saying about the person you know, their name being etched on bone when they're born, right? And and what he's what you could imply from this is that Roy has always been this cheater and this thief mm. and this that kind of person and that it's just manifesting in the way he treated munch true and so now this is the this is the payback for that i don't know that's how i choose to look at it yeah uh and then finally wit tracks down dot via her cell phone and his team moves in to rescue her bowman's guys find dot in the hole but before he can kill her Munch finds him and kills them, and he uh, takes Dot out of the hole and sets her free, gives her the gun back.
1: There's a really great Reddit post last week where someone d- took um, all the visual um, similarities between Munch and Dot like the fur lin, uh, line kind of tartan pattern overcoat, uh, dot has an almost exact same one that she wears when hmm. she's going out the Halloween shop with Wayne. Um, uh, the the kind of tan coat she's wearing now is very similar to the one that Munch wore at the beginning of the season. Uh, sure. Even down to the fishing shack that he was torturing Gator in is very looks identical to the red shack. Uh, that Dorothy is being held in. They're definitely Mm -hmm. drawing comparisons between these two, and I keep going back, I keep going back to Dot covering an eight-hour drive on foot in the middle of the night. (laughs) I do Mm -hmm. wonder if they are literally drawing a parallel, and they are hinting that Dot has got something supernatural about her, that there is some kind of sin-eating capability that she's got. I don't know why they would do that, and and how it would shake out in the last episode, but... Mm -hmm. It's the probably the biggest question in my mind right now is like what what the hell was that all about? Why all these similarities? Why all these parallels between Munch and and Dot? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Don't have answers for you. I do know the next week is probably going to be pretty exciting.
1: What do you think of Will trying to warn the FBI hostage rescue team about not killing the hostage? Like I thought. What 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 do you think the I, of the FBI agent's tell. response? It's kind of like I couldn't tell if he was like
0: patronizing like oh don't shoot the hostage thanks buddy
1: i felt like he is because this is literally he says it
0: very matter-of-factly yeah like he, he doesn't say it with the animosity that you would think he would say it with if
1: he were insulted by it I think it's because he, they do respect this guy like the thing like I think this is preposterous but the idea that they recognized him as the lone survivor of the shootout and like yeah. he's got like I think there is kind a of a, a spree de, uh, decor that these guys like I you know like yeah you don't belong here but you kind of by merit and by blood have earned You're your right to be one here one of us yeah. Yeah, so they're like anyone else ran up here and told him that they'd probably be like, "Shut the fuck up." We're this, right. we're we are the professionals. We're the professionals. They call them the, the the we're the professionals. The professionals call when they can't get something done. But I don't I don't understand the, the point of the scene. Is it just supposed to illustrate how much care that Wilt's got about this, or is it supposed he, to yeah, set up the cares. FBI? caring more about the overall mission of bringing the sheriff to justice than they do about, but I, that doesn't strike. Cause like the FBI guy, the special agent in charge was the one that concerned with women and children. And I felt like the state guy was kind of dismissive about it. Yeah. Or that was just them busting their balls too. So like maybe cause that was just, banter. it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not totally certain. I, 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 I want to give them credit and say that like this is, a guy who's used to dealing with a little less professionalism, a little less care, I guess, because he's just part of the state police or or whatnot. Whereas these guys are, when they say something is at the top of their list, it's at the top of their list. You don't have to remind them. They've, uh. they, they literally have a list in their head of their objectives and they're prioritizing them second by second. Um, Whereas Wit is used to a little bit more of a, a fudging it kind of thing, yeah, because he's working just with you know the state patrol or whatever. But I I don't know if that's exactly what they're getting at. But, but my feeling is when he says this, he's trying to impress upon him that yes, I have already internalized this idea. The, the hostage was just brought up a moment ago. I didn't know to know about it at all until two seconds ago when you mentioned it but I have fully internalized it and it is our number one top priority right now. And so he doesn't say it as if he's insulted. He's just trying to impress upon this man who's not familiar with their mode
1: of operation. This is now a thing you don't have to worry about. We've got it. One other follow-up. Should I be concerned because the last time we saw Agent Joachim and his partner talk to their boss, their special agent in charge about the Roy situation, he they said, Treat felt, him as a felt well. They, they they also they I, I I kind of came with those FBI thinking that their boss was kind of on Roy's side or sympathetic to him. Now I remember you and I kind of like I'm not that might have just been leaping yeah. to conclusions and whatnot. But am I supposed to be worried that this is all a bit of an inside job that there is going to be that they are going to intentionally well This was ret- called let, in by Lorraine Roy- at this point, right? So to Trump's administration, who we know who is friend, you know, was playing footsie with these types like he was like. Sure, sure. You know, this is a Joe Arapio, I think is how you pronounce that guy's name, the the sheriff in Phoenix that yeah. ran the, you know, the did the, the concentration camps at the, the illegal immigrants Grisner. and and uh was do a lot of extra constitutional stuff and he was at trump rallies there's and there's another i i, I remember being a bunch of ridiculous sheriffs that kind of like would, would show up to his rallies and whatnot so it's like in the back of my mind the two fbi agents and investigator roy in their mind they're the upper echelons the fbi might be corrupt <laughs> the quote-unquote hmm. deep state state And then maybe this guy is and and the fact that that they're belaboring these points is like reminding us as an audience that maybe there is a reason to be concerned with this. But I hope not, because, like, I really want to like this FBI, this Cal guy, Cal Calhoun or whatever his name is. He like I I want him to be the anti Roy, the true blue lawman that's going to come out here, the righteous use of state violence. But I don't
0: know yeah and every impression I've gotten of Roy is that he's not a man who builds bridges at all Um, he doesn't give a shit about making friends about Mm -hmm. having connections he'd rather silo up with his (laughs) by marriage dudes um Mm -hmm. than than he would go shake hands with a senator or a governor or whatever whereas Mm -hmm. Lorraine is the one doing that so I Mm. I, it doesn't feel to me like there's going to be some blowback from a relationship or even ideological perspective in this, because Roy is just
1: such a silo. You know, just a weird. Is there's a lot of weird interactions that I that that's that I've observed this season that I wonder mm-hmm. if will there's going to be some kind of unifying theory of. Because I think in real life, you know, the, the, the real life kind of like 2019, 2020, 2021, and I guess ongoing is the resiliency of institutions against these kind of like cults of personality. The fact that like, you know, sure. when it comes down to the Justice Department, the, the military is just like, no, we're not going to do throw out the Constitution out. And just, you know, because we're even if we are on the same side as you politically, because that's just not what's done. I don't know another five, 10 20 years mm-hmm. uh, if that will those institutions will still, but like they were strong as of three years ago. So I would hate for Holly yeah. to be kind of like, what if actually they are corrupt and hollow and can't protect us because I don't think that's the truth, but we'll yeah, see. it's
0: tough sometimes to know with Fargo what they're getting at. what What is a very, very dry joke? And yeah. what is meant to be taken seriously. And and, and where he's being. When the guy dis- says the thing about the hostage, I literally can't tell if he's yeah. joking or if he's being a serious person who's trying to convey how serious
1: he is. Which I'm like, you know, more like, well, maybe it's just a, just a you know, just a random scene to, to fill out the episode. But then, you know, that's not what Holly does. And then there's also yeah. part of the Trump era is the whole like, well, you can't listen to what he says. You got to kind of read the tea leaves of what he's actually meaning. So it's like, there's a little bit of, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah and it's also hard to tell when Holly's being descriptive which he's just describing the way he thinks the world is versus prescriptive where he's like what the world ought or should or might be Um, sure it's always when you're doing that satire it's you can get lost in the weeds there yep but that's it for the episode it is indeed we have some feedback I've been teasing it all episode I think we got some good feedback this uh, this week We'll be back with Fargo. You're darn tootin.
0: The fountain of conversation continues. Here's more Fargo.
1: Fargo at baldmove.com is how you send that feedback. Fargo at baldmove.com. Before we get the feedback real quick, uh, if you want to know what we're doing, we're getting to the end of Fargo here, but we got lots more prestige ahead, including True Detective this weekend. Oh, boy, the uh, reviews of season four are just stellar. Uh, it comes out this Saturday. Sunday, we'll be doing an instant take. We'll be doing full coverage the following week. If you're looking for another crime show, uh, highly recommend that one on HBO Max. Uh, but if you want to know what we're doing throughout the year, uh, don't lose track of us. Uh, follow us. Pick, pick a social media, your favorite social media. We're at bald move wherever you are, except for TikTok, We're at baldest move there. And then finally, if you've enjoyed our coverage of Fargo and you'd like to help keep us doing what we're doing, you like access to other bonus content like our instant talk and take podcast after True Detective, and you want ad-free feeds, we'd appreciate your support at support.baldmove.com. Fargo at baldmove.com has our email address. Jim, do you want to take the first one? Sure. Haley writes in and says, I feel so defeated after this
0: episode I think maybe the in-your-face attitude of this particular episode got to me more than it normally would for a specific reason. I'm a social worker who works with families who have had their children removed from their care, and not two nights ago, I sat with a woman who was terrified of her boyfriend but can't figure out how to leave. I sat with her and her boyfriend and tried to act as professional as I could and not put her in harm's way after I left while trying to communicate with her through eye contact that I am here for her and want to help. I cannot remember when anything I have watched has made me so angry and so uncomfortable. The hospital scene where Deputy Wit tries to step in had me so scared for both him and Dot. They did such a good job making me feel, uh, with making me feel Dot's desperation. It feels like literally everyone that is trying to help her, the lady at the hospital, Wit, the lawyer, all get crushed by Roy and his stupid power moves. There was a line that Roy said that really has me wondering about how this is all going to play out. He said something about how she has always been there, and the rest of it was a dream. We have the Wizard of Oz theme playing so heavily in this season. Is our Dorothy dreaming all of this? It does not seem plausible to me at all, and I really hope not, but that line is sticking with me and has me wondering how this will end. The name Dorothy seems so strong, and to be pointing us to her being like that character, it got me wondering about the name Nadine and what significance it might hold. I couldn't think of any character's named Nadine, so I googled it to find out what it means. It means hope. Well,
1: that's a hopeful way to end the email message. Um, I I don't think there's ever going to be it's all a dream. Like they've already even, especially now they pulled it once this season. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I kind of like the metaphor that I think we've explored in previous episodes. I'm not sure if you were here for it, that that. This is an anti Wizard of Oz where it's like, you know, Dorothy's home in Wizard of Oz was this dull, gray place that she wanted to escape to this colorful, exciting life outside of her home that then she, uh, in retrospect, had a pining for and went back. Whereas Dot, her home is the vibrant, beautiful, safe place that she wants to just sit and curl up on the couch with Wayne and watch Desperate Housewives and cook bisc, you know, cook pancakes for Scotty. And she's being taken to the the land of Oz against her will, and it's violent and scary and garish and dark. And she wants to get back. So it's like I I think the metaphor is there. It's like a reverse mm-hmm. uh, Oz Kansas situation. But that's yeah I, I I yeah he's already done the it's it's all a dream once a season. I do, double down. Yeah. It's twenty twenty four. That expired. That expired two two weeks ago. You can't yeah, do that. It's illegal. He can't. He literally can't. He'll be arrested. America's Sheriff won't put up with it. It's illegal. Yeah.
0: But I feel Uh, you. There's sometimes some things on screen that I see that are so personally affecting. And I don't know if other people um, experience those scenes in the same way, but just things that you you have experience with or that are emotional triggers for you that, man, you just, boy, you really hate or love potentially a character in those scenes for it.
1: Yeah, we and talked. I can see me, this
0: being a huge trigger for a lot of people.
1: Me and Ron talked last episode about um, you know this this whole deal and and um, how kind of like uh, when we read the interviews with um, Juno Temple and and how kind of respectful they were about shooting the violence towards her. Versus when she got her revenge on, you know, like they they didn't show Roy beating her, but when she struck back and started choking a shit out of him, they put the camera back so you could see all the violence done to Roy. You didn't see any violence done to her. But I was watching these last three episodes where they have the big, like, you know, you or someone you know is in domestic, and they got the hotline up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, I wonder what it's like to be a woman watching this. Is it you? Is it just traumatic as fuck? Uh, is it empowering? um do you do you, do 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 you get this, this, this is what holly's trying to do blunting the violence and and maximizing the one the violence against the abuser is that reading or is it just because yeah i can't, I can't imagine, imagine being Haley things. here and, and having this be your job and then you're unwinding to watch your show and it's like just throw it right in your face it's got to be it's got to be a lot yeah
0: it's probably both of those things at different times right when you're seeing yeah. the intense scenes of of Trauma and stress and violence. Um, it's probably harrowing to watch. And then when you're seeing those characters get their comeuppance and when you're seeing dot yeah. be powerful and strong and brave, you're probably cheering, you know, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's both of those things. I, I, it'd be, yeah. Like as, uh, you know, Dorothy become like, a a Matt, what's the, like, um, a champion, you know, like, like women's, like, uh, they, the, the tried to consciously emulate her. Or... I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Could, could be. Um uh, but I feel for you there, Haley. Um, let's move on to John G from Seattle it says you guys have been mulling this over for a few weeks. So I thought I'd pipe in my read on why Indira stays or stayed with her worthless asshole of a husband is because of her sense of duty. The theme of this season, and possibly the whole series is debt and all of its many forms Duty is a form of this. It's something owed. We've seen this in the way Roy treats marital vows as an oath that he puts into his property, puts her into his property forever. As he explains to Ole old munch, I think Indira is the opposite side of that same coin. She made vows to this man and she feels obligated to stick to them. Even though he's providing nothing and taking everything, she sticks to her vows, a sense of honor and duty because to break it, regardless of how much we can see uh, all see that she should, she owes this guy. Nothing. Her moral integrity is hers. That is, until he literally breaks the vow himself. Being a man-baby who wants a mommy for a wife is not breaking the vow, but cheating is. Now, she can leave while remaining intact to her own internal moral code. I think this season is doing a lot of this both sides of the same coin stuff where nothing is on its own, good or bad, but it's how you interpret concepts like marriage vows, duty, debt, law and order, authority, etc., that matters. Um, I thought this was a great... Email and it, yeah, that is, I think is exactly what Holly is going for. It is as good of an
0: explanation as I could certainly come up with.
1: Um, She's Law and Order, and until he broke the letter of the law, you know, which is the to not fuck other women. I think that's one of the 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 rules at the top of the list. Uh, she she has to stick with them because you know mm-hmm. her leaving him would be a bigger breach of her duty. It's. I I don't agree with the analysis. I mean, I don't agree with her personal analysis there, but like, I do agree. That's what they're going for with this character. Uh, is this his physical therapist? Yes, I do think this is his quote unquote physical therapist. Yeah. All
0: right, let's move on to David who says, I went back and watched the previous seasons in preparation to watch this season. I realized that dot is the third, I think female character to live in what might be considered total delusion. First was Kirsten Dunst married to Fat Damon in season two. Second was Jesse Buckley, the nurse in season four. What I find interesting is that unlike the other two dots or u- unlike the other two dots delusion is sympathetic in all three cases. Maybe self delusion is a reaction to trauma dots is more obviously sympathetic, but delusional women seem to be another identifiable spice in the Noah Holly Fargo stew
1: what if it's just delusional women though because like i think um i would describe william h macy's character jerry lundegaard in the first fargo as delusional sure i would describe um um uh freeman what's this guy's name martin martin freeman's character in the first season is pretty fucking delusional as the, the stuff goes um, I think I think people living del- and, and acting delusionally is something that's kind of baked into, you know, like like normal people acting weird and delusional because of money, because the de- be wanting more than they've got, and not being content mm-hmm. goes all back to Marge Gunderson saying like, "Look at what's all it's about money. It's a beautiful day, and you're killing people over money. What the hell's wrong with you?" Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christopher says, I agree that Lorraine Lyon is a horrible person, but I'm puzzled every time you criticize the debt collection industry more generally. If lenders cannot collect on their debts, either no one will lend credit to poor people or lenders will have to raise interest rates on people who pay them back, including some poor people. I'm just wondering what you envision as an alternative to debt collection. I, it's not that debt collection is necessarily wrong. Unless mm-hmm. you want to outlaw debt, And that would really, my understanding of economics would that would really handicap handicap the economy. But you know, we used to have debtors' prisons where, like, you fell in a certain amount of debt, and they just they just they just arrest you and throw you in prison until you could until you could quote unquote pay it back. Ha ha. Right. I'm sure that encouraged some people to pay their debts. Right. You know that probably had a you know slight benefit towards people being afraid of being put in prison. Should we go back to that? Um, I I just think that like in my lifetime, I've seen it's harder and harder to get bankrupt, to declare bankruptcy. Um, There's some forms of debt you just can no longer discharge through bankruptcy, including I think in my lifetime, student loans and certain credit card debts. Um, It seems and and like predatory things like payday lending where they're lending you at twenty nine point nine percent annual percentage, like the fact that they're selling cars oh, i mean 29.9 is is credit card rates at this point
0: uh true if you want right. to talk about like payday loans you're i don't know what a payday loan is
1: now that was like in 20 hundreds of percent yeah so like i think that what i would say is that things have gone way too far on the debt collection side of things they have they have com- completely eroded consumer protections and also a lot of the debt collection is predatory on they know that people cannot afford this stuff um mm-hmm. and they don't care if you can't pay them back because they're going to make so much money on your interest rates that like by the time you foreclose on a credit card they've probably gotten that and then some back from you so it's like i i just think that there the, there's, there's a balance between people just like taking free money and stealing it essentially and never paying anything back and that's bad for society and also um people being so punitive that you destroy people's lives over forms of debt and also the fact that you can get into debt for like medical things uh the fact that we are the only advanced economy in the world out of like 35 countries that we classify as advanced uh, economies that do not have a form of uh you know socialized medicine to where you can't that can't happen um yeah like i and i and i think i think that, that, that yeah it just the balance is way too far in the the hands of powerful rich people who are taking advantage of the system and it needs to come back our we the people's way a bit that's all that's also all. there's a
0: distinction to be made between what you describe as lenders not being able to collect on their debts and buying debt for the explicit purpose of harassing people mm-hmm. um into trying to get them to pay a a dime on a dollar here because that's, that's the more, the more predatory stuff comes in, not with, you know, the banks that are lending out $10,000 personal loans and people can't pay them back. It's the companies that go out there, buy up this bad debt. Mm -hmm. Um, and then begin harassing you, begin calling your parents, uh, -hmm. begin calling your grandparents, your friends and family stalking you on social media, uh, trying to tarnish your reputation and essentially uh blackmail you it's it's not it's not necessarily blackmail because they're extortion maybe um extort this money out of you i mean the the methodologies that they use are vile uh it's not necessarily like chase lends a bunch of money and can't get paid back on it it's companies designed explicitly to ruin people's lives enough that they'll pay money back.
1: Yeah. And it's also, it's unfair that like when these institutions get into trouble themselves and they've overextended themselves and they can't pay their bets, ah, they get bailed out. But when the citizens do it, they have to go bankrupt and their lives are ruined. And there's also other dirty handed tricks. They play like, so it's supposed to roll off your credit record after so time. So, like, if you have a rough patch, like uh, after eighteen months, after three years, after seven years, you're supposed to be able to recover when you get back on your feet. But these people that buy that bad debt love to like repost that stuff every thirty days, every ninety days. So, like, it never rolls off. And unless yeah, you Lorraine it or is you get not a
0: lender. Like, don't forget who Lorraine is. Lorraine is She's not a, a lender. Collector. Lorraine is a debt collector. She buys debt and forces people to pay it back. Yeah.
1: Like I said, there's there's a line. There's certainly a, the people that take advantage of the system, um, always. But like, They're I never the more the I majority. look at it, yeah, it's it's that's that's what people, you know. Like right now, we're being told that there is like this wave of shoplifting that's just making businesses unable to operate in certain. But like, I also know it's amazing that shop those
0: businesses are producing record profits every year. That's and, crazy. And to you, me. you look
1: at you look at the shoplifting, the the shrink. Uh, it's a rounding error compared to like um, the 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 wage theft that goes on with these same companies, and it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. Like you got people actually stealing from the company versus accounting errors that cause employees to be underpaid. But it's still a a, a, a much bigger uh, imbalance going the way against the consumer and the employee versus the the company. So it's like I, I just think that the balance is way out of whack, and it's kind of wild to me and I'm not I'm not I'm not mad about anything but it's wild to me that people come out and defend the debt you know in 2024 debt collection uh, like 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 you know hey Aaron are you, you being too hard on <laughs> on the repo man here like, I don't know, maybe maybe before I was born in the, the 50s and 60s and 70s when we quote unquote had it good, maybe maybe there's a lot of deadbeats out there taking advantage of the system and ruining these credit card companies and these debt collectors. But I don't think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, so that's 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 all I'm going to say on that. All right, let's go to Paul. It says, I saw a thread on Reddit that
0: I think identified a core point of the season five. And I haven't heard anything like it on your podcast so far. Basically, the idea is that Lorraine and Danish are meant to symbolize the neoconservative establishment. They're evil. They make their living through the exploitation of the masses, but they do it from an office and generally play by the rules, even if they've rigged those rules in their favor. In contrast, Roy and his operation embody MAGA slash the new right. He doesn't really have principles beyond I'm going to do things the way I think they should be done. Sure, he's religious, but do you think he really adheres to turn the other cheek or other biblical messages like that? Um, and his brutality is much more personal and local. Him being involved in local law enforcement is even reflective of the way many of those types gain power through local elections to school boards and city councils and such. Danish built a career and a bunch of power off of becoming the best at playing the game. He dies because he doesn't realize that the new movement has no use or respect for the game. They only care about reaching their own ends and will use any means necessary to get them. Who cares if you're Garry Kasparov if your opponent is just going to flip the board over and punch you in the face instead of playing chess? That leads me to the audience's changing perception of Lorraine. As we see more and more of Roy, we find ourselves wanting to go back to the way things were when Lorraine was in charge. Yes, she's evil, but she's a known quantity and a relatively predictable status quo. Faced with Roy, or whatever MAGA politician you'd put in his place, many uh, many might want to return to the old normal. I certainly know that I have heard plenty of liberal friends going, I hate it, Bush, but at least he never, da da dot, dot in response to Trump news.
1: Yeah, there's a sense of, like, playing by the rules, like, I don't like the way they played the game, but at least, you know, say what you will but Bill Belichick, he never pulled out a gun and shot anybody on the football field, like yeah. it would be worse if the, you know, from my perspective as a football fan, if the new coach of the Patriots started shooting the opposing team, and Mm -hmm. and and would get away with it right so yeah I this is the one I was alluding to in terms of like the Lorraine type of conservative versus the Roy type of conservative I thought this was a great email that that gets the heart of the old guard you know the slideshow Bob type of you know uh, a cold-hearted Republican that lowers taxes, brutalizes criminals, and rules you like a king, versus Roy, who's like actually ruling over people like a king. Unironically, mm-hmm. not funny, ha-ha, you know, culture war is, is actually becoming a war, kind of. There's there's definitely a difference, and I, th- I can... I don't think it's crazy to pine for the days of Bush Jr. and Sr. versus what we've got right now. It would be nice to have... Um, <laughs> an opposition that plays plays by rules that, that, that you can understand and respect, even if you don't agree with it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's uh, the
0: shared version of, uh, There, the, the shared idea that there is any objective reality, uh, whatsoever mm-hmm. is, is something that can at least anchor a, a discussion, anchor a real debate of the issues. But I don't know, maybe, maybe it's like a, a sickness, you know, there's a new sickness that we haven't encountered, and we're just gonna have to develop the defense mechanisms to, i think it just comes to it
1: down to like it seems like there's an evolutionary basis in whether you are a liberal or a conservative um and just broad you know Is whether you're type on your bones of, what are we it's talking about on your bones by god oh. and he blows your horn <laughs> and then you're gay no he um he uh god what was I? i got lost in the sauce here so I think I, I believe I don't give a fuck. I, I just I, I, I this is my beliefs. It's apparently, are sacrosanct in this, this country sacrosanct this country. I believe there's an evolutionary component to, to conservatism and liberalism. I think that there there's something in your wiring that some of us monkeys are like, fuck, this is Let's why are we doing things this way? Let's change it. And then there's another set of monkeys who are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I'm not going to let you change something that's working for us. And we, through our various monkey means, we fight about it and we come together and, and we come with a new reality. You know, there's some, some people want to pump the brakes on the people wanting to destroy systems. They don't understand to change things. And some people are wanting to charge ahead and change things. I think you get things like the civil war when you get the real loggerheads like, Hey, we really think these people are people. And not property, and you should let them all go. And the other side being like, well, they are a property, and they're worth a lot of money, and we don't want to let them go. And you exhaust the all the soapbox, like what's that? A Frederick, was this a Frederick Doug, yeah. Douglass quote? Uh, uh, I don't know. If quote, is, but about like you've got there's four boxes: to defend liberty soapbox, ballot box, jury box, ammo box, and like society. Like you, you kind of like figure out the, if the other side really gives a shit about this deep seated thing by pushing up against those various boxes and you get to things like the civil war back in the you know 1860s when you ran out of the, the soap and the ballot and the jury and the other side still wanting to fight. So you go to the ammo box. And I think that, um, when you get these like really big deep seated, deep felt divisions in society that, um, Sometimes yeah, you gotta you gotta go to the mattresses. Whether that's politically, whether that's uh, through labor, um, through striking, general strikes. Uh, whether it's through you know bombing uh, postal centers and burning down courthouses. I, I I don't know. Like I I don't like it, but it does seem like. That's what happens. Like you, you test against the other side. Like, are they full of shit? Or are they really? Are they really willing to go? And then someone mm-hmm. blinks, or they doesn't. And we're just in an era where we're really side, deciding whether the other side's going to blink or not. And uh, mm-hmm. it's scary and it's uncomfortable. But uh, we we've been here before, and we'll probably be there again. So yeah. Anyway, let's move on to Jordan D. Uh, so this is this is um, he wrote us earlier in the season. This is a guy who was an extra on Fargo and it's unclear to me how much he wants me to talk about that uh because I I don't know they might get in trouble I I, there's someone another lady wrote us who apparently is the next door neighbor or lives on the same street that that Wayne and dot lion live okay nice um and she was like sending some behind the scenes but um but but the Jordan's got some other I'm gonna leave all the what episode he's in and whether you can see him or not to decide, he can write in and let us know if he wants to talk about that. It's Cause I guess he was in this episode and the and the, the finale, but he also want to talk about something stuff that was not that he says, John G from Seattle's long email about debt tipped me off to something. First, I'm sure he's correct about Holly's message about debt being uh, that these promises dot makes are some, the same kind of debts that we should uh, make good on. Um, and you missed this, but uh, John G sent in his email about debt and he talks about you know debt like in the sense of Lorraine and he talks about debt in the sense of like um, Dot being horrified that she's not there to make pancakes for a daughter because she promised you know like Mm. debts of love obligations to your neighbor versus debts to some nameless corporation that might even be overseas um he says it would make sense why pancakes have been featured in I think every episode um Especially, like he says an example, when Mama asks Old Munch what he wants, he commodically replies pancakes, or that Dot orders pancakes in a truck stop And Linda. It's also pancakes that transfer her in and out of the dream state. Maybe I'm not right about there being pancakes in every episode, but they're weirdly front and center. And I noticed the last episode of the season is entitled Bisquick. I think John G. is correct in his connection, and maybe pancakes symbolize Dorothy's love as being a sort of debt, as John G. put it, a debt of love. Here's where I think things get really interesting. When John G. made the connection to debt as a sort of love, I immediately thought of the verse in the Bible, Romans thirteen eight, that says, uh, "O oh, no one anything but a debt of love, for he who loves has fulfilled the whole law. Wouldn't that make a great message for this season of the show? It's counteractive, positive kind of debt that would disrupt the institutional or abusive ideas of debt that the villains are centered around. I can almost imagine the last scene of the show being Dot making Scotty pancakes, making good under dead of love, and this verse coming on the screen. It continues to get interesting when you read the whole of uh chapter of Romans thirteen. The first verse says, Let anyone be subject or I'm sorry, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. I feel like Roy Tillman probably has this verse tattooed somewhere below his pierced nipples. Historically, it's one of the verses that has been taken out of context by real-world Roys, the fundamentalist, militant, far-right Christians who, when government power is in their hands, use it as a threat that their authority is God's authority, that the word is God's word, when in reality it was written to people living in a political situation, the Roman Empire, that they had no democratic vote over or human rights within, they're doing their best at the bottom of a social ladder. The very next verse makes it clear the, the authorities St. Paul has in mind are the authorities who are simply there to punish lawbreakers, and it's not referring to authorities who punish innocent people to do, uh, who do right. Of course, Roy Tillman's of The World read the first few lines from authority being given by God and stop there. I wonder if Holly read the whole chapter and is using the first few verses as part of Roy's motivations and the verse about the debt of love as part of Dorothy's motivations.
0: Hmm.
1: I think it's interesting that like guys like Roy will use Romans 13 to justify their power, but then wipe their ass with it when they're going against the authorities ahead that, that, that they don't recognize. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like they're they're defining who are actual authorities. Um, yeah. Because it's not. Yeah, you think it's as, God?
1: God? If God put that special agent in charge yes, in that position, then, then he's supposed him. to be there, yeah. right? But. so reading this is kind of blowing my mind
0: I've I've read the bible multiple times when I was a child uh, and I did not care what it had to say
1: Um, how how do the witnesses so do a lot of Christians a lot of Christians don't read the bible and also don't care what it has to say how do
0: the witnesses interpret this verse because this verse is saying exactly the opposite of what the Jehovah's Witness organization does what do you mean I mean they don't recognize the authority of of they 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 say to be no part of the world, right? They, I mean they recognize yeah. authority, it's like they pay their taxes and shit, but like I don't think that they would say that the United States government is put in place by God. They they certainly wouldn't, absolutely not. It's something to be tolerated <sighs> yeah.
1: until the great tribulation. I think they – so they try to drive the, between the two towers of, you know, the authorities are put here by God and they bear the sword for a reason. So do you fear and respect them? And the good Christians pay their taxes, da-da-da, with also the pay Caesar's things of Caesar and God's things mm-hmm. of God where it's like but these the are God's government, the government can ex- exert thor- authority over everything except for those ex- things expressly reserved by God, like witnesses. But if, if they, God
0: is putting into place the people in authority, right. are they not –
1: Part of paying God's things to God, it's true. But like, it says, like say, they be if joining the, the army, and if the United States government said it's illegal to read the Bible, I think a real Christian would read the Bible still because that's in, sure. that's an illegitimate use of of power. Like the the that's that's that would be the, so. That'd be Caesar demanding God's things, and they have no, they don't have that authority.
0: But it's all. But how do you justify not? being not
1: not working at the post office how do you justify not working at the post office or not voting if they say you're supposed to or i don't yeah like i mean it could be the jehovah's witnesses are a cult. could be
0: no could could
1: be uh
0: how dare you <laughs> anyway yeah I, I think so i i do really like this idea of like promises um to people you love being a form of debt um and and yeah that idea that like this is a positive form of debt right this is the thing that brings us closer not uh, causes divisions between us mm-hmm. and yeah I could totally see the end of this series um, or the season being Dot making pancakes for her family or or what is um what is Wayne's favorite shit the thing that like they went on their first date he had it and now he insists that it's his favorite thing his favorite meal. It was a shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe she makes pancakes for Scotty and shepherd's pie for Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird Pay your,
1: meal. You're paying but your yeah. debt of love.
0: Mm hmm. I like it. All right. Joseph writes in and says, while watching the last episode, I found myself saying out loud, don't forget the gun. Don't forget the gun. As Doc climbs down into the pit to hide. I complained about this pretty big oversight to my wife as Roy's men started making their way over to check the windmill and she replied that it was sad that Dot's mistake came when she was trying to follow Indira's advice and run and hide rather than following her own instincts to fight back to be the for real tiger uh, I think the confident look that Dot had when Old Munch armed her and let her loose is a sign from the show that Dot forgetting the gun was not a convenient way to have her need to be saved but rather the capable people like Dot have has shown to be make uncharacteristic mistakes when they go against their nature. Interesting. I like this.
1: I thought this was really good because it did make sense to me like why she would leave the gun and take the bone. But it is in the contrast of like a lion telling her to fight and then Indira who's many things but she's not a lion or tiger I don't think uh saying "Oh fuck that, belay that order, go run and hide." So she's fighting her nature, which is why she it's- makes this
0: Definitely a more satisfying conclusion than she just forgot because it was a high-stress situation. Because she's yeah. been in high-stress situations, right? When someone's invading your home and rolling up yeah. in a truck with masks and baseball bats with nails in them and shit, that's a high-stress situation, and she performed admirably. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. The, the more poetic interpretation of that, her denying her own nature leads to her potential downfall here, and it's only... Uh, someone who knows her true nature stepping in and saying you need to be this again. That yeah, her. when a
1: when a fellow predator helps her out of that pit and says you're free now, don't ever put yourself in this position again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like and I, yeah, I expect I expect some fucking fireworks next week. Man. It's gonna, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I I do wonder. So let, let's uh, before we take off, wh- I want to gauge your feelings on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see a large scale battle? Do we think it's like? Do you think that the uh, Roy's Patriots are going to come? Uh, do you think that there's going to be a full division of rifles that are going to come behind the FBI? To no, I think we're going to see a battle between Odin's crew
0: and the the law enforcement there on scene. Yeah, but I yeah. don't think people are showing up. I kind I don't of think his so, live too. stream had much effect.
1: I, I paused and read some, and there's a bunch of people. There were some people, you know, saying, "Yeah, I'm heading over," but there's a lot more people, kind of like giving verbal, like, "Give him hell, Roy," right. but not yeah. like, "I'm, I'm, I'm heading there to put myself in harm way." It's a, mo- yeah, they're getting a lot of that, and like, oh, "Oh, or for real. You actually want me? It's, it's, it's cold outside, and man, it's <laughs> like an eight hour drive, and gosh, you know, ah, uh. yeah."
0: No, I, I think we'll see we'll see a shootout, but it won't be a epic scale. It'll just be forty dudes versus law enforcement.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they'll use the the out effect again, so they can you know get away with having like a large like a eighty person gun battle, but you'll never see more than two or three people in a in a white against Probably. the white green screen. Yeah, Which I think that's cool. That's like thing that only really Fargo can kind of do. Um, there's almost like supernatural storms that can brew up that kind of cause you know make things I, like... I expect
0: there to be yeah I, i'm with you it's it's somewhat unique to this show and i like when they use it and they don't overuse it which i think is crucial um, yes if every season ended with a big whiteout it might mm-hmm. be kind of fun but it would also diminish the effect of it when it happens yeah uh i think I we agree. might see some big fireworks like there, mm-hmm. there have got to be explosive on this compound i assume booby traps yeah, some booby traps, some like Home Alone writ large. Yeah, I, I think so. With I would Kevin expect McAllister there to be some amphro
1: somewhere. Was a fifty-five-year-old sheriff with ant, yeah, with fertilizer and uh-huh. debt core, and maybe some C4. Yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. Yeah, so maybe bigger know... than you would think, but smaller than you would think. Also, do you think Roy's got the one escape tunnel, or do you think he's got like tunnels crisscrossing his property? Feels like this is the only one. Yeah, kind of think so.
0: Although too. his but houses are a little strange, yeah, right? You, he's you got see those Dorothy crawling through his
1: back weird doors and, and closets. Secret passages. And yeah, I so can see some, being some tricky stuff. We'll see. That's going to do it for this episode. Fargo at baldmove.com. If you got some more email feedback to send us, of course, you could follow us on all of our social medias at baldmove, except for TikTok, we're at move, And we could use your support. Use discount code Mercado uh, <laughs> on your subscription to Bald Move at support.baldmove.com to get five extra bug out buckets. Eat the food, <laughs> shit in them. They're by use. They're going quick. Hashtag Mercado at support.baldmove.com. That's it for us here at baldmove.com. We'll see you next week for those Tiger Base fireworks. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.